Hey listeners, quick question. Are you tired of overpaying for your mobile plan? I've got the answer. Ting Mobile. Ting Mobile is all about flexibility and savings. You only pay for what you use, no crazy fees or overages. It's perfect for those who want control over their phone bill without s- sacrificing quality. Say goodbye to bloated phone bills. Go to stigmasandopenwounds.com slash ting. Ting Mobile. Mobile that makes sense. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Stigmas and Open Wounds. I'm Tracy. I'm Eric. All right. So this week, as promised, we do have a guest, and I'm very excited because, like I said, sometimes we like to have guests on, and Eric and I have talked about sometimes in the past that there might be somebody who is having an issue next to you that you have no idea. And it just so happens that we found out a friend of ours was having some anxiety that we both had no idea. So today we invited our friend, local historian, author, and podcaster, Gavin Schmidt. So Gavin, welcome. Hello. Glad to be here. (laughs) Hopefully I didn't forget anything in your long list of accreditations there. No, that sounds about right. So, Gavin, you host a pod, actually, sorry, two podcasts with Eric here. That's true. That is true. So, I say that I host them and he's yeah, the guest of. every week. But. Yeah, 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 Eric, you kind of host them, but Gavin brings the, the goods to the table, I would say, really. I would agree with that, yes. So, because really, we have Milwaukee Mafia and we have Fox City's Murder and Mayhem, and those are also coincidentally titles of two of Gavin's books. Mm-hmm. And so is that how you guys came to do these podcasts? Is it just you thought, hey, these books would make great podcasts? Or how did this all come about? Oh, I didn't know we were going to be wow. talking about the podcast. This is really <laughs> pressure. Yeah, um, this is yep the first part. I want to talk a little bit about the podcast, a little bit about you, and then oh. we're going to... Okay. Into... You want to you want to answer that? Or you want me to answer that? I I'll, I'll start. You can interject sure, if you go want. For it. Um, so I've always had the desire to start a podcast, and it always made a lot of sense to me and to a lot of other people around us that Gavin should also have a podcast because of the books he writes and being in a very niche topic. It's very much a works very well as a podcast so so i approached gavin with the idea and then after a lot of lot of pressure from gavin we finally (laughs) made it happen or what earlier last year Mm -hmm. so so yeah that's pretty much how it came to be i don't remember the pressure i don't know if that's supposed to be sarcastic or no there was a lot of there was a lot (laughs) hey when are we gonna do this yeah we gonna do this (laughs) well there there was a little prodding but that was (laughs) Okay, but, but prodding the right sure, word. But it was, but it was your idea. I mean, I wasn't pushing you to start a podcast. You already wanted to do it. So. Mm. Right. Yeah. But no, I I agree with everything you said, and uh, yeah, I mean, I've I've got the books out. I do talks on occasion, mm-hmm. but uh, I'm not a good person for marketing. I don't really like doing my own marketing. 
Uh, but a podcast is a really sort of casual, you know, passive way to market because you get to tell stories to an audience that doesn't normally because not everybody who listens to podcasts reads books. Maybe most of them don't read books. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> but it's, so it's a, it's a new audience. So it's a way to kind of also get the get the information and the brand out there. So it's it's nice. It's nice to reach people that way as well. Yeah, I, I love them. I mean, personally, I find them to be two of my favorite podcasts out there right now. And it's not just because it's you guys. I find that you guys really combine your talents perfectly because Gavin, you tell a really good story. You have both the, the history in there, mm-hmm. but then you can kind of humorously tell the story. And then, Eric, you play off of that really well, and I like that. So I think you guys are really good with both of your your podcasts. And I think when I started, you guys started first with the Milwaukee Mafia, which obviously kind of tells itself what it is. It's about mafia for those listeners who aren't really sure what this is. And I already kind of had a little bit of an interest in this. So I started listening, and... It's interesting from week to week. Sometimes it gets confusing um, with mm-hmm. the number of names, but I know you you do a very good job of trying to keep. It yeah, going. yeah. But, There's been some learning curve on that, and I think yeah. it's they're less convoluted than they used to be. Right. They're lighter. There is more humor than there used to be. Yeah. Um, we try not to be disrespectful, but it, but but it is it is easier to kind of joke about. Uh, terrible things that happen yeah. than try to be serious for an hour. So. Oh yeah, yeah, and I think that's that's the great thing about a podcast too. You can you can put it in that that medium, and I think I think too with Fox City's Murder and Mayhem, it's kind of says in the title <laughs> what that is too. It's takes place Fox City's area, a little bit out there, and it's murder and mayhem right there. And you guys do a really good job of kind of lightening it up. As well, which is mm-hmm. why I like it. So yeah, and again, like I said, you have those two books out there, and you just released your was it tenth book now? Yeah, two days ago. Yeah. Well, I mean, when they hear this, it will be longer ago, but right, as right. of this recording, <laughs> it's it's two days ago. Yeah, which is which is just impressive. So kudos to you. So thank you. I'm just just flabbergasted. Are we are that. we allowed to take this opportunity for a little bit of? self-promotion yes i would love for you guys to do that so so coming up the pipeline very soon we're going to be introducing a third podcast so oh i don't know if you want to do that before it's a sure thing oh it's a sure thing okay (laughs) so 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 gavin well we did a couple fox cities murder and mayhem episodes and we brought in a third person for those episodes just because the topic he had a little bit more well he was there and had a little more knowledge with it so we wanted to bring him in to tell the story a little bit too and the dynamic between the three of us turned out to be outstanding and we re- I immediately realized and I think Gavin you also realized mm-hmm. that the three of us should be also mm-hmm. doing a podcast so so we're going to be releasing that podcast hopefully sometime towards the end of April, maybe beginning of May, we'll drop the first episode, and that's going to be, um, this is really, it's an unnamed podcast at this time, but the general concept of it is is that we're going to be doing movie reviews 
mostly of really crappy horror movies, which <laughs> Gavin and Jason, who is going to be the other co-host of that podcast, is going are big fans of. I myself hate. So be interesting. So it's going to be them reviewing the movie in a reviewee type way in me just sitting there bitching about the movie essentially. Should be should be pretty fun. And yeah. this other co host is is also a, a friend of your guys's mm-hmm. yes. from from way back. So that should be really fun too because you guys have your your really great rapport because I, I would say it's probably because you guys are such good friends for for many, many years. And then if you add in another friend like that, I think it's gonna be be really great. So Yeah. I think I, I didn't necessarily think immediately we all need to do a podcast. I don't know if that was the idea, but I realized really fast that Jason needs a podcast. Yes. <laughs> because he's he's a natural storyteller. He's got a great voice. I and it didn't have to be what it's going to be. He could he could talk for an hour about anything. Yeah. <laughs> so it's really I I think he's going to sell that. That's good. I'm I'm really excited. I I think really any podcast that you two are going to be in, I will listen to just because again I I love you guys as a podcasting couple. So and um, a podcasting couple. That's yeah, a little yeah. creepy. Wow. I heard it. Really <laughs> I heard it. Yeah. Well, hey, I mean, I I do loan my husband out at least once a week to you, Gavin. So, I mean, it it, it is your. It's like my work. Your he's your work husband. So. Well, and he did tell me that uh, anybody who shares a hotel room with him could possibly be, <laughs> you know. So. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. But but yeah and. Don't want to go down that bad. <laughs> so, listeners, just so you know, in two weeks, I will be dropping two of their podcasts. I will be releasing an episode, one of my favorite episodes of Milwaukee Mafia, and my favorite episode of Fox City's Murder and Mayhem. So, you will get a chance to listen to it. And if you like it that much, just go subscribe. Listen to them, you guys. Seriously, they are that good. Cool. So, yeah. And. So shifting gears here a little bit, I alluded to it a little bit earlier. Now, Gavin, you came over to our house one day to record an episode with mm-hmm. Eric, mm-hmm. and and we had talked kind of about uh, about my podcast, mine and Eric's podcast that we do here, and you were like, oh yeah, I think it's great that you're talking about it. I have anxiety or, or had, mm-hmm. and, and, and I was like... Well, no way. How did I not know this? But of course, well, we don't now go around talking about this, right? Right, right. So, so tell me, when did you start feeling anxiety? How did it come about? What? Sure. You know, what was going on there? So, uh, I'm, I'm pleased to say this is the uh, 20th anniversary of my first panic attack. So, wow. <laughs> so congratula- wow. congratulations, congratulations to me. Um, yeah. Um, I was I was 21, so do the math. Do the math. You see how old I am now. Um, and uh, yeah, I was I was with a friend, and they brought me over to another person's apartment who I did not know. Okay. And that had never been an issue before. I've gone lots of places, met lots of people. Right. But for whatever reason, on that day. I was sitting in a chair and, you know, an hour into the conversation, I just, I had trouble breathing. 
Um, and you know, so they, they brought me like a Dr. Pepper or something. And <laughs> that's gonna make it well, right? But I was like, right, but you have no idea. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what's going on. So I'm. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna have this Dr. Pepper, and it, that wasn't really helping. So I was like, right. okay, I'm gonna go out and get some air. Mm-hmm. And so I went outside, and you know, it kind of it kind of faded away. Right. Uh, and then later <laughs> later that night, uh, my girlfriend and I at the time uh, we went to go see. Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. <laughs> oh no, such a long movie. Well, it it would be a long movie, except except I went to the theater and I didn't make it, you know, ten minutes into it. Right. And I was like, don't. I don't know what that feeling is, but it's back. Yeah. So I was like, I, I, you know, I can't do this. I got up and I left the theater. Right. And I don't think I've seen the movie to this day. Yeah, so, I mean, I didn't know what it was, and the, after a while, you know, from talking to, like, my uh, my primary physician and things like that, you know, we, we figured out that it was, like, generalized anxiety with, right. with panic disorder, blah, yep. blah, blah, and, and, you know, kind of, from there, I was able to, to work through, I still technically have it but right but i know but i know how to manage it so it's like very rarely a problem right right oh that is the worst i think i don't even thinking about it now i don't even know when i had my first panic attack and then you know anxiety because we were talking in the last episode about um about how technically anxiety attacks and panic attacks are slightly different Mm -hmm. and I don't even know the first time I had it if I knew what it was or anything, but that's freaky, especially if you don't know what it is. And then if you're at a friend's house and you're like, well, this is no fun trying to figure it out. Like, that is the worst. Do you know, so how long did it take you to figure out when you, you said eventually I went to the doctor? And I, I don't recall exactly, but yeah, I mean... It, that's a long time ago. But, it, but it, I mean, I don't think it would have been too long because it... After the first one, it was pretty frequent that yeah. it, that they came back. Oh yeah, because and I've had that too, where it comes back and yeah. Oh, it, and it's... and so the first first few months, first year, like it was it was really bad because like I didn't know what it was, and then even when I did know what it was, I didn't want to treat it. Yeah. Um, which is really, really stupid. Don't, don't do that. Right. But, but, you were, but and you were 21 though. Yeah. So it's, it's really, and, and I think too, back then it wasn't, it wasn't something that was, that was as accepted. Even now it's, it's like, eh, kind of accepted. Yeah. It's, it's hard. Well, I had, I had the mindset that I didn't want to do it the medication way. I wanted yep. to do it the talk myself out of it way. Yep, and, I tried that. And it's not that I have anything against medication. I mean, definitely now I don't because I take it. But I, right. not that I had anything against medication at the time. I just thought if I can get rid of this by myself, that would be great. Right. Yeah. Uh, and that didn't work out that way because I, anytime I like felt remotely claustrophobic, it would trigger yeah. it. Oh, I get that too. It's so, horrible. So there would be times even just driving my car where I felt yeah. trapped in my car or... Movie theaters for many years were a problem, which anybody uh-huh. who knows me, that's terrible because I watch a lot of movies. <laughs> yes, you do. Um, and there were even, at the at, when it was at its peak, there were times where even laying in bed, I felt trapped under my blanket. Oh, that would just... So I would actually have to go and pace for a while it's... to wear myself down. Like, oh, it God. it was really... And I'm, I mean, I'm way past... Nothing like that ever happens right, anymore. Right. But, but that was pretty awful for a while. Wow. 
See, it's it's funny because I feel most comfortable when I'm under a blanket. Like almost if I feel anxious, sometimes if I wrap myself in a blanket, that just gives me like comfort. Especially because like we have a, a weighted blanket yeah. that makes me feel better. So that won't work for you. I don't I, know. I, I totally get the and yeah, maybe I never blanket. tried the weighted blanket thing. Maybe that yeah, would be maybe different it now. But but I totally get the small spaces thing. Like I think I told Eric recently that. Um, that I used to think I was claustrophobic, but then I realized that just getting in small spaces with people or or certain small spaces, if I was too anxious, that put me in a panic attack. It wasn't the small spaces necessarily itself. It's it's a very, very strange mindset thing. It's it's so weird how the mind works. And, and yeah, like I've gotten, I think better as I've gotten older, and and I think it's part of it is just learning how your mind works too. Mm-hmm. So and um and we talked in the the last episode that we recorded, so the one that that'll play before this, um, about just a lot of different coping mechanisms for anxiety. Kind of ironically that that it was the one before this. So I finally learned how to meditate finally this year, <laughs> <laughs> which is weird because I could never ever do it before because my mind is just always always going, and just all sorts of different things. And but yeah, I I want to do it naturally, but sometimes your brain it just it just needs help. There's no way around it. Yeah, I I I think between the onset and me going to medication. It at the minimum it was like four years. Yeah. I mean, I tried for a long wow. time. Wow. That's a long time to be suffering with this. Yeah. Because wow. I'm I'm just thinking about like we were talking about like this past like I would say two, three months. I I was like running really low on my anxiety medicine. So I was trying everything I could just to like preserve that and so I'm like what can I do naturally I can learn how to meditate I can write down in a worry journal and all Mm -hmm. this and and that was the longest couple months of my life I swear so that was just I can't think about going that long yeah well I think I think the part of the reason I was able to do it is in my early 20s I was (laughs) was drinking yeah it's uh, even though I do have a drink in front of me at this moment, I do. I yeah. rarely drink now. Right. But, well, and I know that you you like to drink when you podcast. Yeah, I drink when I podcast. But besides that, I don't. And right, there's. I think there's. We all have our our things that we do when you know it's like, oh, it's Christmas. I'll do this or I'll. But yeah, but like so. age twenty one to twenty five, I was out at the bar a yep. lot, uh, and. You know, I think I would have been either way, whether I had anxiety or not. But it does. Right. It, it, I don't recommend this. Don't do that. <laughs> no. But but it but it does work. It, mm-hmm. it makes it it makes it go away for a while. Oh yeah, I mean, it's it's exactly like well, okay, I need to calm down. I'm gonna go smoke some weed for a little bit, and it's yeah. like, well, I don't tell people to do that because it's also a depressant. It's also this. I don't. You know, it's like. But yeah, when you're in your twenties, you do you do yeah. things that you're not supposed to do. It's not the right way to do, do things, it, but it calms the nerves, and, right? And yeah. you, you do things you do things that that when you're you know forty, your body can't handle. And <laughs> <laughs> sure, I'm curious, Gavin. Yeah. So this first time you really had a panic attack is twenty one. Yes. If you look back at that now, 
First of all, do you think there was any signs of at an age younger than that? That this might have oh, been yeah. something there, or no. this was the first time ever you. No, had I any... had I had no idea that that was. I mean, um, I knew that there were, that it like runs in the family. Like I knew that, but for me personally, no. There, I never had, had anxious any... issues. And then the other question is: Can you look back at that time in your life and think was there some sort of? Do you think there was some sort of trigger? Or did it literally just come on, like, uh, out of nowhere? I, I know specifically what triggered it, but I'm not going to say <laughs> what, it, what it is. Okay. Um, it's, it, something happened in that in that apartment, but I'm not going to say what, what it was. But, yeah, there was something specific that made my mind go like that, yes. Right. Okay. But nothing that else that would have done it, like, just in your general life other than maybe you know at 21 was the onset that well I was gonna get it honestly yeah i mean i think whether it was that day or the next month or the next year it was gonna right. happen was, yeah because i i think that a lot of times there's like a certain age that some people are just like well this is when i'm destined to get it so like because i know i got my diagnosis of depression bipolar all that stuff when i was 18 or 19 so i think a lot of people when they sort of get more fully developed and all that that's you know I, I think a lot of times college age late high school it's when they get all that fun exciting stuff mm-hmm. so here's the fun question now having this do you see other people and kind of trying to think how to put this become i guess more aware of what other people feel or so like maybe you see somebody who's not having the best day or or something do you do you maybe say okay well you know what i'm gonna give them a cut them a break or um like i know that i'm a little bit more compassionate towards people mm. because of this etc like I, I kind of i feel like i can feel people more because i've had so so much of of this in me i, I can't think of any specific examples mm-hmm. of that but i do think that i can when people show certain signs or they behave in certain ways that aren't uh, what we would consider normal, right. I think I'm more aware of like what's going on and can be sympathetic. Yeah. But I think like this is a really bad example for your question. This isn't at all what you asked. But I'm one thing that it's done is it's made me more aware that the people that we think are doing all right are the people that are not doing all right. Yes, that's exactly. And like, um, this is this is like a, a running thing. Like people don't know this. This is you can look this up. It's generally true. Like a lot of stand-up comedians are heavily right. depressed and suicidal people. Yeah. And nobody expects that. They're like, look, these are the happiest, funniest people <laughs> I know. But that's like their cover. That's how they. That's how they cope. So when you exactly. have somebody in your life who's always laughing, always joking, maybe they are a very happy, jokey person. But it could also be a sign that they need something in their life. Right. It's like, well, they're making the jokes because they want people to laugh before they say something yeah. about them, or you know, yeah. So you don't. I mean, everybody's different, of course. But I'm just saying, like that. That could be a sign that they're actually hurting on the inside. It's very, very true. You you have me worried now because I feel as though I'm a very sarcastic person. And no. am I hiding something? Are you worried about yourself? <laughs> I, th- I would think you would no. know about yourself. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> I think you're just a very sarcastic but happy person. Believe me, I, I think I would go with you. So, so now, have you, are you at a point now where you don't really ever experience anxiety attacks or? It's or very is, rare. So like, That's is good. it, and is it an obvious trigger when, when something happens? Yeah. Like, like you can, it's not like it ever just comes on. It's like, okay, I know that because this happened, I, I had an anxiety so attack. So it's, it's, what it is, is now when it happens, which is rare. I know how to get back out of it. That's good. Um, there's like a couple things that'll do it. Like driving doesn't bother me anymore. Being in a car doesn't bother me anymore. But if I'm on the highway and suddenly the traffic just comes to a standstill, <laughs> that'll freak me out. And there's two things I can do. One is I can drive in the ditch and go past what's causing the traffic jam and get off on an exit, which is a big no now. <laughs> but that's like the gut reaction. Or the other thing is, is I can do a little breathing and talk myself down. And if I can do that in the first, like, two minutes, I'm good. Then I'm back in the right headspace and I'm golden. I just wait it out, listen to the radio. And same thing, like, if I'm flying on a plane. When I first sit down in, in a seat, if I'm sitting next to a stranger, I, I'll tell them, I'm like, this is really weird. But if the first five minutes, like, if I touch your hand or something, like, don't freak out. Don't think I'm being weird. <laughs> I just have to adjust. And so I might have to get up, you know, go to the bathroom, splash some water on my face. But after the first five minutes, I'm fine. I can fly, you know, hmm. three, four hours. I don't care. It doesn't bother me. But for that first five minutes, I have to get in the right head. That's good. I, I think that's good that you figured out your um, your limitations. You figured out essentially like, okay, so here's some, some trigger areas. Look, if I can talk myself down in the first two minutes in the traffic jam, then... Okay, then I should be good. Mm -hmm. And especially with the flying, you know, like, I might just need to, to tell the person next to me. And generally, most people are pretty good with that. Because I know I've talked to, to some people be like, look, sorry, I'm just freaking out right now or something. Mm -hmm. Usually I don't have to tell somebody that kind of thing. But look, if you just tell somebody, I know I've told bosses like, hey, I need to just take a minute away or something. But even if you tell a stranger mm -hmm. that, look, I just need to get the hell out of here. I'm freaking out right now they'll be okay with it for the most part yeah absolutely so i think i think that's really cool that you figured that out and that you're okay with telling them that i just need to do this so. yeah well so i hadn't flown since i was like 12 or something oh yeah and, so that and then and then four years ago um i flew to flew to disney and for that i went with people i knew so I was a little nervous because I hadn't been on a plane since I had, you know, right. potential problems with it, and but it worked out okay. Like mm -hmm. I was, I was able to do what I do, and I was able to be fine. Like I said, once I, once I just, I'm like, okay, this is the space that I'm stuck in for a while. I'm yep. okay with that. I got my people. I got my book. I got my drink. I'm good, and I'm yep. fine. Um, but yeah, then. After a couple months later, then I flew to LA and I didn't. I went by myself for that. So then I had to tell them that <laughs> it wasn't an issue. I didn't have to do anything weird, but but I let them know because I'm like I don't want to like be the person who's like mid flight and being like I got to get off this plane and the cat and the captain's like sorry they got two hours to go. No, I, I totally get you because I know I know like when I had kind of taken a sabbatical from flying too, I was like like 
do, do I ask Eric to hold his hand again? I'll, I'll just kind of kind of lean on him, you know? And, and then, yeah, it's like you have that small area. So I'm like, okay, what can I pack with me to make me feel comfortable? Yeah. I've got like this little stuffed animal I pack, you know, because whatever makes you feel comfortable for that flight, you know, like when I did the... 20 hour flight to thailand i'm like i'm gonna pack my stuffed animals yeah. to, to sleep with because it's like whatever you can do to make you feel comfortable if that's what keeps you from having an attack cool so yeah and i think that's great that that you've learned those little steps it worked it worked and, good yeah yeah because we always talk about like what works for you and i think you found some really great things and some tools that i can that I can take out of it. Yeah. So when I flew solo, like I brought like two books with me, and yeah. and it was two novels. And for people who don't know, like I never read novels. I just don't. Yeah. I'm, I'm always reading history or serious yeah. stuff. <laughs> I was gonna say this. Um, but for this guest, so I'm like, okay, you know, I don't. I'm not studying. I'm going on vacation. Right. I'm gonna do this a little bit different. And yeah, like I was more focused, like. Normally, I can't even do that. Like, if I'm reading at home, I'll read five minutes, ten minutes, and I'm like, oh, God, check my phone. Oh, I got to <laughs> yeah. go do this. Um, but, yeah, it was like two hours straight. Nothing but flipping the page. pages. Like, I've never been more invested in a book in my life. <laughs> because impressive. Because I was like, this is what I'm doing. Everything out here, this isn't here. Yeah. Nothing yep. outside of this book exists right now. That's well, I really, ho- really hope it was a good book that you read. It was like. a really good. Well, I don't remember what the second one was, but the first one was the the Werewolf of Paris. It was fantastic. Nice. <laughs> well, we were just saying that I need a new book to read. So since all this happened, mm-hmm. is there has there been any like major adjustments you've made to your life as a way to like prevent what you know could possibly trigger? An anxiety attack. That's a great question. I don't know. I mean, I can't say that there's anything that I don't do or anything that I've adjusted, like in my schedule. Yeah, or like if you find that, you know, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I can't really come up with a good example, but maybe, you know, before I go to work, I have to clear my head and get get no, myself in a space that I'm not really good about that. But I, but I will say this, like. I mean, you you guys know because you know me pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, I have like the most loose schedule. Yeah. Like I, my schedule is incredibly flexible, and that I think makes a big difference for me, because Definitely. because um, as part of I don't know if this is anxiety or something else, but whatever it is, like I sleep a lot. <laughs> and, no, I I, and, I agree because I know I I get really tired. Uh, because I, I think what they say is is people that have, you know, something bipolar, anxiety, whatever, is we don't have the same 24 hours as, say, a quote-unquote normal person is because yeah. we're, we're using it up to try to, to keep ourselves afloat. So even though you don't have anxiety every day, you're keeping yourself from getting that anxiety. So right. I, think, I think that's why you sleep more. I sleep more, even though I... I thought I slept in today. I was still like, I could go back to bed. Yeah. So, anyway, continue. So, oh, yeah. So, I'm just saying, like, I probably sleep on air. I mean, I don't like, I shouldn't say I sleep a lot, but I sleep like on average probably an hour or two more a day than most people do. Right. And that's enough where it like takes the stress off of me for that day. Mm-hmm. Because if I, if I, ha- if I have to be somewhere at a specific time, which, you know, you do, that's how work works. Right. Like, 
it automatically makes my mind be like, oh, crap, i got to be somewhere at a certain <laughs> time. Oh, me too. That's why I like having a flexible schedule. Because, like, there's, like, I think one week each month where I'm like, okay, this week is massage week. I get, then I have to get a haircut. Then I'm like, that week is horrible for me. And I know all those things sound nice. Oh, I'm going to get my haircut. Yeah. I'm going to get a massage. But that week is horrible for me because one day I have to be at, to this place at a certain time one week one day i have to be at this place at certain and i hate being places at a certain time yeah i don't I, I i don't i don't like it like not that it's it doesn't like it won't ruin my day or anything like that but it's still right. just it's something that then i started thinking about it the day before already which is no Me reason too. to do that and and what's really nice is the one thing I do in my life that actually requires me to be somewhere at a certain time, the actual job that is structured. Right. They're very cool with me about that. And I never have to go in before noon. So, so it's like, oh, you just get up. And, yeah. yeah. So so it's like, if if I want to sleep in, I can sleep in. I don't got to be anywhere till noon. My mornings are mine. Yeah, and that, that makes all the difference to me. Yeah. And I, I think that's something really important for our listeners. And you know, it's something that really I changed a lot of years ago before we were even married, that I was actually just fortunate enough to be able to, to change, was that I'm not I don't take a job unless I <laughs> unless it's something that I really love that's flexible with me. But you need to find a job that works for you, essentially. So if you have a job that makes you unhappy, that ends up making your situation worse, your mind worse, then you need to think about getting something else. So whereas me and Gavin are sitting here thinking, man, I love the days where I can sleep in because it's healthier for me, healthier mm -hmm. for my mind, then yeah, you need to start thinking about that. Yeah. So. And my and just in general, my, my daily like circadian rhythms or whatever are way bad. And they always have been. Uh in my previous life, um, I worked in a warehouse at manual labor for 11 years. And I worked different shifts at different times. Like, it wasn't like swing shift. Oh, but at different points in times, I got moved to different shifts. And I will tell you, without any hesitation, I loved third shift. I loved the hell out of it. And, and everyone else is like, oh, gosh, that's like, I can't stand doing that. And I was like, I'm wide awake. I'm ready to go. This is fantastic. And and I was extremely happy. I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll go in at 10 o'clock, work till 6 in the morning. And I never got tired doing it. I never you was know, unhappy. It's funny because people talk about, like, middle of the night, how great it is. And when I am hypomanic and I wake up, at like say two three o'clock in the morning and i just get up out of bed and i'm just like well i'll read my book or i'll watch bob ross or something mm -hmm. like that i it is the best because it is just so quiet outside it's just you and the quietness of the world it's so cool yeah and i i want to spend more nights like that just me in the world so yeah i don't know just something to yeah it's it's weird because i've just always like People are like, oh, you really ruined your sleep schedule. And like, I don't know that I did. <laughs> because because my body yeah. just has always sort of naturally enjoyed yeah. being up all night and sleeping yeah, in very I mean, late. Honestly, if it works for you, yeah. then it, you're getting the sleep that you need. Yeah. It, it seems to be working for you. I don't know. And my guess is that 
with your anxiety too, I'm thinking with you getting older, I'm thinking your body is just kind of adjusted and slowed down and God, that sounds so bad. Your body is slowed down. No, no, but, I, I, but I'm no, not sure know, if I understand where you're going, but you can, but you think, can say I'm getting I, older. <laughs> no, but so you're, I think your body's gotten older. So like just, just things in your body have slowed down. So you, the anxiety might've just gotten better in time too. Oh, sure. So it's not parting like a 21 year old. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know, and I don't, I don't know a whole lot about that, but I, but I've heard that, I've heard similar yeah. things where, um, a lot of that sort of any any mental health issue. I mean, there's some things right. that are just you know, there's nothing you can do oh, about yeah. it, it's, but but I do hear that a lot of it does kind of balance itself out right. later. It's it's hard to say. I mean, yeah, I, mean, I don't like, know. Like Eric and I say, we're not mental health professionals, right. etc. It's it's just one of those things, and I think. And I'm not a I'm not a mental health professional. I, right. I should I should be very clear up front that anything that any doctor I've been to has been like a general physician. I don't go right. to a psychiatrist, so I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> I, can only, I can only speak from personal experience. But. Oh, definitely, definitely. But I think, I think, and that's part of the value of what this podcast is trying to bring is, is that personal experience does have a big effect on it because, yes. you know, it is such a, a different gamut of what everybody needs to do to get over these things that hearing what works for certain people will help other people. Right. You know, and either they can try what you do, you yeah. know, or it might trigger something in their brain that, well, I don't uh, know if that would work for me, but it might get a point in, and in and the not, right And not everybody, I've been extremely fortunate in that I have right. not had a real job in a very <laughs> long time. <laughs> and uh, and it works. It works for me. But, yeah. but not everybody has that. A lot of people have to work the normal nine to five job. They've got families. They've got kids. And, and I don't. And, you know, that kind of stinks in a way. But in other ways, it's really to my benefit. So, And actually, that brings up another question I had was because I feel like and maybe I'm wrong on this but it would have been around the 21 year age okay. that you stopped working at US Oil is that right no absolutely wrong oh is it absolutely because <laughs> okay. I was wrong. wondering if that did did when you finally stopped working at US Oil do you feel like your what happened with your anxiety might have played a role in the fact that since no. then you've built kind of this flexible life no i started there at like 17 or 18 and i stayed there throughout through when i was like 30 so, oh really so was no, it that long so Holy i was crap. so i was there through the whole time of me trying to work through it through myself itself. yeah so but do you think that once you finally did go to a part-time job was it fueled by the fact that i want to have this lifestyle because i know that working a full-time job would just be brutal on me um, from the anxiety or was it just no that just seemed like the right life for you to have you know what i mean well it just kind of worked out um like i'm not against having a full-time job if the right full-time job was offered to me i'd take it but really uh, i mean you you played a big part of that and you know not that you did that like consciously but when i left u.s oil like I became more closely involved with the stuff that you do, mm -hmm. and that that set me up to where I didn't have to be like, doing something full time. Mm -hmm. So um, I I can't like say there was a specific mm -hmm. moment where I realized, oh hey, I'm never going to go back to a full time <laughs> job. Uh, I don't know that that ever happened, but 
it definitely gave me incredible flexibility and i don't know if i consciously or unconsciously realized it but that worked great for me Mm. and like again not everybody has that option but but it ended up being something that i could throw myself into completely because i'm like this this is working for me so well i i think that's all i have do you guys have anything more that you would like to add today um no, I don't have anything else to add. I I guess the only thing I would add is, like, d- don't be scared of medication. Um, yeah, and you might not even have to be on it no. for, for the long run either. And no. Hard, like- no, you might not have to be, but I'm saying, like, uh, like I said, I never had a problem with it. I never thought less of anybody who used medication or had right. to be on medication. But some people do have that mindset where if I take medication, it's some kind of a failure on my part. And no. don't please don't have that. Please don't have that outlook. Um, it's it's worth a try. It might yeah. be might be for the long haul. It might be for the short haul. But it's um, it's worth a try because a lot of times it helps, and it may not help. Maybe you'll right. maybe you'll try it for a month and you find that you did it did nothing for you. And you know, but it's worth trying. And give it, yeah, and give it a good try too, because a lot of these medications take more than a couple days a week to yeah to work either i and i do have one more thing to say say about that okay so (laughs) so when i first did get put on on medic and i've been on the same medication the whole time okay so so i got very lucky and the first one they put me on i've been pretty happy with so that's good because i've tried yeah different different for well right i mean there's even even just like the very big i've got like the easiest thing to treat and like even that there's like four different things i can put you on but anyway like so so i went on it and this is like the weirdest thing i've i've told other people this and nobody seems to have had this it seems to just be like something that happened to me but but so i went on the medication and like day one nothing happens you know because it didn't kick in yet yeah Day two was the weirdest thing. Like that whole day, it was like imagine there's like a robot that like is is you. Like is you're yeah. you're you're a robot, but then you are a separate person and you sit inside of the robot, <laughs> right? Yeah. And and you pull levers. And so like oh, I want to lift up this glass. I will pull the arm lever to lift up the arm <laughs> of the robot to pick up this glass. Nice. And, and like, I don't know if that if that's clear, like, if I'm explaining that yeah. well, but once the medication kicked in, there were, like, two or three days where, like, I literally felt like I was floating, like, a foot above my oh, body. Wow. and And I could... I could do everything normal, but I didn't feel like I was doing it. I felt like I was controlling my body doing it. Wow. That is so weird. And then after after those couple of days, it went back where I felt like a normal person again. But for a couple of days, it was so weird where I like it, it disconnected me from my body. Wow. <laughs> I, I do have a question to come back to it with Gavin with what you just said. Sure. So you talked about people kind of having that fear of going on medication or whatever that I failed if I go on medication. Yeah, I don't know if that's still something that's a thing, but I know that it used. Oh, yeah. Is it? Is it? Okay? Oh yeah, because I'm I'm very much one of those people. Like I I try to fight taking medication. Okay, I know that it so used to be a, like because, and that's kind of I guess the point of the podcast is for a long time mental health was very taboo. 
So you right. you wouldn't ever want to like admit to anybody mm-hmm. like, oh my god, you're like you got to you got to take medication. Right. Like, whereas like what? How many millions of people have the same mm-hmm. issues? Yeah. Right. Well, that's why we're trying to do this. We want to make sure that everybody knows. Like, guess right. what? It turns out this person, this person, this person, this person has something with them. It's okay. Yeah, it's I know, and so. I'm so I'm so glad that like the general society seems to be coming around, around on that where we're right. like you know like if somebody breaks their arm we're like oh sh- sorry dude you broke your arm i won't make you lift boxes for a while <laughs> but like you're like oh my brain is having an issue you're like yeah tough luck Have a good day. <laughs> yeah it's like I, I tell people when can i tell people i'm having a bad day it's like meh, so yeah i mean it's it's the same thing just for whatever reason that's that's the one organ failure that we don't talk about right so <laughs> So you you said you said I believe that that you were on you fought this for about ten years nine ten years before so, before I went on, on medication I, was, I I know it was at least four years okay so we'll just go with four I, it years. could have been longer I don't but, recall exactly but I mean if you could go back and do it again would you do it the same way or would you have just well knowing what I know now I would have done the medicine sooner like right away yeah I would have done the medicine a lot sooner no because because I'll tell you like. For during those first couple of years, um, I, I hung out a lot with uh, my friend who, well, you both know. I was say Eric. I know Eric knows, but actually, I know, Tracy knows too. My friend Hannah, mm-hmm. and and uh, and it would be really weird because I'd go over to her house to watch a movie, and even just like laying on the couch to watch a movie, like I'd be really uncomfortable. Like I'd have oh, to, yeah. I'd, I'd have to like talk myself down and be like okay i'm watching a movie everything's cool uh-huh. but like like i'd be like you know the couch is like the most laid-back place you can be but it, right. be but it would be like really uncomfortable for me and and like so like i felt bad because she was like my closest friend at the time so she got to like see me be weird like all the time <laughs> we'd go to we'd go to country kitchen and like we'd sit in a booth and all of a sudden, I'd be like, "Ah, oh, I gotta go take a walk for a bit. I'll be back." <laughs> Did she know at the time? Oh yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I told her what was up, but but like, I could have avoided all of that. Right, right, right. And I'm sure she didn't know how to act. Like, no, it, it's just one of those weird things. Oh, she was extremely cool about it. I'm very, oh, very grateful. And but and that's definitely good. But it's just yeah. it's really hard unless unless you've gone through it or it, it's just super hard to to know how to act in that even sometimes i have troubles acting in that situation like so um buddy (laughs) you know it's it's just really hard so yeah but i said like to to answer eric's question yeah i mean i that's my personal recommendations from my own experience it's like you know give something a try because, yeah, originally what they did, yeah. the first person I went to, the first doctor I went to, all they did is they is they gave me a week's worth of Ambien. And they, oh, no way. Well, that doesn't help because it's like you sleep at night. Right, or right. What happens during the day? Right. They're like, we're going we're gonna to knock you out for a week. We're going to try to get your clock back on schedule and see if you can get oh. going again. And, you know, not that that was like the worst thing because. Right. Because part of part of it was I because of the anxiety I couldn't sleep so I, I understand why they did what they did, but it was kind of like a here's something go away like <laughs> yeah. like uh, I should have I should have come back and been like let's work on this. But and you know what? There's there's so many times I know when I was first dealing with all of my stuff when I was like 
okay, so I have depression, I think. And I went to my family doctor and I was like, fill out this sheet. And I was like, okay, so I fill out this sheet. And I went, and I went through different family doctors and it, it's just like, it's like, yeah, they're like, okay, so your score is this. Yes, you're depressed. And mm. they just want you to fill it out, go away and here's the meds. So yeah, yeah it's, it's really hard to get somebody who will listen to you and it's, yeah. That's why I say just until you can find somebody who will listen to you, maybe you just keep keep looking and sure. Mm-hmm. But but yeah. But yeah, if if you if you're struggling and you continue to struggle, um, don't don't keep doing the same thing that doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Mix it up a little. Yeah. In the four years that you kind of fought it, did you ever feel like you made any ground on it, or was it? Oh, I just, did. Oh, absolutely, I did. Because you did? because I mean, like I said earlier on. In the, in the beginning, I would I would freak out driving, and then it got to the point where driving really it wasn't was an really issue. It, I mean, it, it it's slowly worked through. Where like I couldn't be a passenger for a while because I wasn't oh, the wow. one who could control where the car wow. was going. Oh yeah, that's my big thing. Is if I can't control something, I I just I like having control. Yeah. In certain situations. Yeah, because like when you're the driver, you still have that. At least for me. You talk yourself to the point where, like, okay, this is my place, cool, and right. and if I gotta go, I can go. I'm mm. I'm the guy. But yeah. once you're the passenger, you're like, crap. If I have a moment and I gotta get out, I can't get out. I gotta rely right. on this person next to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and then so it's like the next step where you still like you have a different thing that is stopping you Ooh, from no. your brain saying we gotta get out of here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of like why I can't snorkel or scuba dive is because i'm like well no because i can't control it if i'm down underneath the water and something messes up i can't control it i'm underwater and yeah there's like all these levels of if i can't control this if i can't control this and so if you're the passenger of the car i can't control this i can't control so i have to have like x amount of levels of control and that kind of sounds like you have the same thing and yeah, I think, I think that must be a thing with anxiety. Like I have to have so many. Yeah, it worked through. Yeah, like for a while, I couldn't. I couldn't go to the theater. Like I couldn't sit in the theater seat. Just sitting in the theater seat freaked me out. And then it got to the point where like, okay, I could sit in the theater seat. But if somebody sits a couple seats over from me, not cool because now I can't yeah. get to the exit without asking them to move. Which not that that's a big deal, but it feels like right, a big but deal. It feels, mm-hmm. Yeah. And and you know, so like I had to keep like re making these tiny baby step things where it's like, okay, you know, it's not a big yeah. deal if somebody sits there. Right. And it, things that most people don't think about at all. They're like, whatever. But but but, you, but like but when you're in that anxiety panic mindset, oh, you yeah. always have to know where the exit is. And when you look back though, the the tiny steps that you made, it's like huge, honestly. Like think about all the little steps that you made and how it, far you've It gone. is. I mean the fact that I'm now essentially able to live day to day like nothing. Right. It seems really silly in retrospect. <laughs> but, but it's but it but it was. What at the but, time, like that would be a a big victory, as as silly as it might sound. No. It was a big victory. But uh, yeah, it, like I know where the accent. Being are able to usually. get back into a movie theater was pretty freaking great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I for for you, yeah. But I, I'm I'm one who like yeah, I'm always like okay, so 
where's where's the exit how can i get there because if i you know need to panic or is somebody in the bathroom there so then is somebody in the bathroom there because if i need to take five minutes just to breathe you know like i need to know where i can breathe when i need it yeah just little things like that that i think the everyday person doesn't think about it's yeah well yeah and that's the thing like once you identify like the escape route or whatever you almost never actually need it. Right. <laughs> it's just knowing it's but there. It, it kind of gives you that little peace of mind. Too. Yeah, yeah. But if you don't identify that escape route, well, then you're going to need it, and then you're screwed. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But, but, yeah. Well, this was a really, really good chat. Thank you so much, Gavin, for coming here tonight. I, I just... Well, I appreciate really, it. I'm really say, excited. I don't, I don't really ever, you know, talk about that, because... Yeah, well, I'm I'm sure you know. Maybe Eric doesn't yeah. know, but but like you you don't like talking about that sort of stuff because you feel like the other right. person doesn't want to hear it. Yeah, well, but that's, but that's but here exactly you specifically it. asked me. To, so that's cool. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, and, and at first I was like, well, is he gonna is he gonna want to? And I'm like, no, let's. No, is, I don't. I mean, I'm not embarrassed we, about it. I just a place where we openly talk about. Yeah, it, and I'm I'm trying to get more people to just talk about it yeah i'm not embarrassed it's not a secret it's just something that i i don't think most people really want that conversation right right well i want it so so yeah we're gonna get more people talking about it so yeah thank you thank you so much to our guest gavin schmidt today and as always you guys can check us out on facebook and instagram our gmail is stigmas and open wounds at gmail.com and check out Milwaukee Mafia and Fox City's Murder and Mayhem in a soon-to-become movie review podcast. Yes, and you guys, in two weeks, we are going to be playing our favorite episode of Fox City's Murder and Mayhem and Milwaukee Mafia. I am so excited for you to listen to that. And definitely, once you hear those and like them, you're going to want to subscribe to them. So that's all for us this week. I'm Tracy. I'm Eric. I'm Gavin. All right. We'll talk to you guys later.